Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. The famous college players theatre company is presenting Brian Friel's translations in the Lime Tree Theatre this week until Saturday and the play is set in County Donegal in the 1800s and deals with a small community's attempt to translate indigenous place names with English translations due to pressure placed on them by what's described as imperial powers. So to tell us more about it is a good friend of the Limerick uh, Today show, Nigel Dogdale. Good morning to you, Nigel. Good morning, Joe. And Translations Director, Margaret Hawk. Morning, um, Joe. No, there are lots of people listening who will know lots about translations, but for those who don't, tell me about it. Alrighty, well, as you mentioned, it's the play is set in Ballybag in a little hedge school in County Donegal in 1833. And um, that's the the location of the play. The action of the play centres around a group of British soldiers with the aid of um, own... um, the, the son of the hedge school master who returns from Dublin and their mission is to change the local Irish place names into an English translation. Now this um, this in, endeavour leads to a lot of tension within the local community and um, th- th- this is how our story unravels. It, it happens over a period of three days and we, within the period, this period of time we encounter loads of different emotions from love to to um to sadness loss and um you know this is what makes the play so interesting the breadth of emotions that are is experienced throughout the course of the play well when you consider nigel that the irish language act is still a point of political Mm -hmm. contention in northern ireland at the moment one of the things that's blocking stormont coming back you know this is a really hot topic. It's interesting, yeah, and how the, the play was written. When was it? The, the late 70s into the early 80s, and yet yeah. you're, you're now sort of... I mean, obviously, the Irish Language Act in Northern Ireland is about teaching of English, teaching of, of the Irish language, and, you know, Irish language um, signposts and things like that. When I was looking back on it, you know, you realise that what they were doing was coming over, taking these beautiful Irish nameplate the, the the names of the towns that were in you know were in Irish and they actually meant something Lochanur or Ballyanhowan mm. you know Canucknamona and then they were literally just translating them into things that maybe sounded a little bit like what the Irish like Burnfoot is one place up in Donegal that was suddenly just re- received this name out of nowhere I mean what it did to those communities it was almost like taking away the sense of who they were and you know so when you do it is very very timely in terms of Northern Ireland and when you think of what is being done up there at the moment and and the and the anger that exists up there in terms of you know one side wanting to have something that is fundamental to themselves right so Margaret we're going to hear just a snippet uh, of the college players version of translations uh, tell me what this is yeah now this is as I mentioned uh, Hugh O'Donnell's son Owen returns from Dublin after a period of six years now he managed to escape as he says himself he got out on time and he has done well for himself supposedly he has a number of different shops and Uh, and that up in Dublin City. But for some reason or other, he has actually signed up to this operation in in Ballybeg and returns. And um, he does a translation. He he translates what Captain Lancy uh, wants to put across to the local people, you know. And it's a total and utter cover-up for a a political... uh, 
um, device in, in order to, you know, strip the, the, the locals of their language and of their heritage and for the British to gain a, gr- a greater stronghold within not only Ballybeg but indeed the whole of Ireland. Lancy's a bloody ramrod but George is alright. How are you anyway? What sort of translation was that on? Did I make a mess of it? You weren't saying what Lancy was saying. Uncertainty in meaning is incipient poetry. Who said that? There was nothing uncertain about what Lancy said. It's a bloody military operation, Owen. And what's Yollan's function? What's incorrect about the place names we have here? Nothing. They're just going to be standardised. You mean changed into English? Where there's ambiguity, they'll be anglicised. And they call you Roland. They both call you Roland. Shh. Isn't it ridiculous? They seem to get it wrong from the very beginning. Or else they don't know how to pronounce Owen. I was afraid some of you would laugh. Aren't you going to tell them? Yes, yes. Soon, soon. But they... Easy, man. Easy. Owen, Roland, what the hell... It's only a name, isn't it? It's the same me, isn't it? Well, isn't it? Indeed it is. It's the same own. <laughs> and the same manners. And in a way we compliment each other. All right, who's met whom? Isn't this a job for the go-between? Right, so that's seen from translations by Brian Freel. Uh, and who's playing the two parts there, Nigel? There was, there was your own Dan Mooney, who likes to report on, on rugby matches, and Paul Fitzgerald, who likes to go around the streets for Live 95 now and again, um, a street boy, yeah. So um, you're, you're really breeding up some of Limerick's best actors, acting talent. Uh, where were you doing rehearsals for this? Obviously, you're moving into the lime tree. Actually, we, we rehearsed in, in the gaff in Cecil Street. And that, that was my first time, um, indeed, it's my first time directing for college players, but it was my first time being in that space for rehearsals. And it was absolutely wonderful to have a home to go to every night because everybody who's involved in this production has day jobs. So, you know, not having to kind of hop from pillar to post wondering, well, where are we going to be rehearsing tomorrow night? And that it was, it really did become our home for the last nine weeks. And what is the story with the gaff, Nigel? Well, I think the gaff is currently sitting in a sort of a limbo phase in terms of there was a proposal put in where Tate House Community Enterprise based in South Hill were looking at purchasing the building to allow the gaff to continue as a space for cultural um, development and for a place for people to come and produce culture for, for Limerick City in in the heart of the city centre, whilst also possibly creating a link between the people of South Hill and a space within the city centre to allow them to come and possibly engage. One of the things that I think we forget, Joe, in, in terms of this this issue around um, the gaff is that there are so many different groups in Limerick City working to create theatre and the arts, right? And, and in order to create, an example with college, for us to have been able to put this together, we've had to have a place for nine weeks to be able to come together every evening for three, three and a half hours to rehearse. There's also at the side of that, there's been a group of people working away from us, building sets, painting sets, designing sets, storing props, sourcing props. That's how, uh, you know, when audiences come and see us uh, over the next couple of days, that's what's been going on over the last nine weeks. And for me, the gaff as a central space within the heart of Limerick City. There was a time when, you know, when, you, the, when you'd have been working with the um, Sicilians, you'd have been based in the Crescent Hall in Limerick City and you'd have gone and rehearsed underneath the Crescent Theatre and then produced it up above. That's sort of been taken away from the city centre. And whilst we hear of people, maybe, you know, people who are involved in GEA, they always have their spaces, whatever club they go to, they have a dedicated space that they're part of and they all, and that creates a sense of community. The theatre 
community in Limerick doesn't really, and the cultural community, doesn't really have that. At the moment you have maybe, you've got Ormston House, which was threatened last year, and now you've the GAF. And there were a couple of politicians recently who made statements along the lines of, oh, maybe the GAF should be just sold off and made into a commercial building or turned into apartments. It's a protected structure, first of all, and anyone who goes down the lane and sees the building will know it's a bonkers to suggest anything like that. But the fact that they even suggest that culture maybe can be done elsewhere, you know. They don't understand that for... There's probably, if you look at the um, the programme of translation, there's probably been 60 or 70 people with various talents and skill sets involved in the production of this play. And then that's not even getting into the likes of Torch Players, Granary Players, Sicilian Musical Society, Limerick Panto Society, all amateur groups who need a space to come together to produce. And that's what's being threatened to be taken away. Okay, it's a great play. Translations yep. by Brian mm-hmm. Freel. College players obviously are ready to go, uh, running in the lime tree, and uh, all we need are people to come along and enjoy it now. We certainly do. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about, you know, the, the, the political endeavour, you know, that kind of um, uh, is, is at the root of this play. But I, I would like to say to audiences as well, this is a love story as well. It's a love story. It's a tragedy. It's a comedy. It has a breadth of emotions running from start to finish. It's not a very long play, but by golly, do we travel a road uh, during the course um, during the course of its run? So I, I and. Before we go, Joe, because uh, both Nigel and myself, we were in. Have we a minute? We were in the lime tree last night and uh, stepped on to. Um, stepped onto the set uh, of translations, which was um, designed by Jerry Lombard, and had magnificent professional people like Jean Midlane and Mike Finner and Jerdy Midlane working. Only that's only just to mention a few working on the set design and on, and on the artistic design for this play. And truly, I thought that I had stepped onto a set for a Druid or, or the Abbey because it is absolutely beautiful. So I would encourage people to please come along and see this College Players production because once it's gone, like the ad says, it's well and truly gone. All right. Well, listen, well okay. done to all involved and to you too as well. Um, Translations Director Margaret Hawk and Nigel Dugdale. Nigel, I forgot to you, what are you doing in it? Sorry. <laughs> I'm a, yeah political. I'm um I played the part of Dolty who's which is a nice character this year. It's a, it's a, he's the sort of um he would be the he brings a bit of lightheartedness to the play but then at the end you maybe realize that there's a little much more depth to him. But it's a nice character so okay. do come along. Tickets available uh, from the Lime Tree Theatre box office. Best of luck with it. Thank you, Joe. Call Limerick today now on 461995.